Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, well, my name's Dave and I'm one of the leaders here and it's great to see you and welcome if you're new here or if you're listening on podcast. And today we're starting a brand new series um, which I'll introduce in a few moments. But um, yesterday in our household, if you, we've got three young children, as you know, Daniel, Sophia and Isabella, ages, get it right, nine, seven and five. And uh, yesterday was party day. So both the girls have been invited to a party in the afternoon. So you can imagine just the excitement in the house. Okay, there was absolute excitement yesterday. And I was going to then take Daniel out and have a bit of man time. Um, but there's excitement. And when you've got young children in the house, um, as you probably know, what's one, when it comes to toys, what's one of the things that maybe a parent would say? Share. Share. Absolutely. Because as um, I was busy sort of doing my message yesterday afternoon and wrapping things up, um, it was all pandemonium was breaking loose in the house and it was all over toys. And they were excited about the party, but what was the thing they were arguing about? They wouldn't share their toys, okay? I said, Daniel, put the Barbie doll back. No, no. <laughs> uh, no, Daniel was in his room. No, he wasn't. He was on a laptop, actually. Um, it was the girls. That, but, you know, children, sometimes, you know, children can play well together, but sometimes when it comes to toys and no, it's mine, it's mine. Even if they're not playing with it, it's mine. And uh, so, yeah, that was yesterday afternoon. They went to the party. Me and Daniel had a bit of an hour, two hours of peace and quiet. And uh, we had a good, uh, nice afternoon together. Well, today, I want to introduce our, our, our new sermon series for the next three weeks. And it's called Courageous Generosity. And uh, it's all about money. And um, so I do want to say, do you like these? printed them off yesterday. So, so they're not the real deal. I know they look real, but they're not real deal. It's a 10p coin there. We've got a pound coin there. That's the new pound coin, 2017 edition. Uh, does anyone know what the shape's called? Not a hexagon, beginning of D. Dodecahedron. So close. Yeah, yeah. So it's a new pound coin shape. So I'm talking all about money. And um, it's, it's hard for me to talk about money because I'm um, a pastor and you could misjudge my motives for talking about money. So the reason to talk about money is we talk about money about once a year. So if you're new here, please don't think, oh, no, they come to a church and they talk about money and they bash me over the head about money. It's only a, a series of doing once a year. And, um, but as a church, we don't want anything from you. We want something for you. And what we've got is we're not, after this sermon series, there's not going to be a, a vision offering and we're going to ask for your money. Don't worry about that. We're just talking about money as we do once a year and, uh, and that is it. And remember, the whole point of the sermon series is we, but particularly God, wants something for you and not something from you. And uh, so this is talk about courageous generosity. And if you like, what I want to talk about is how to be generous. I'm not talking about how to give. I'm not talking about like what you do X, Y, and Z, but how to be generous. How to be generous. Something that is generosity is about a state of being. It's about a state of qualities that you either possess or don't possess. And if we don't possess it, we can work towards it in terms of being generous. And here's a promise. Now, you've got to be careful with promises. But I've thought this through, and I thought with integrity I could write it on the screen. Here's a promise. 
When you become generous, you will give more, save more, and consume less. You will give more, save more, and consume less. Now, don't worry about that. We're going to unpack that a bit more as the series goes through. And, uh, and today we're talking about courageous generosity. We're talking about the heart of generosity. Next week, we're going to talk about the challenge of generosity. And the final week, we're going to talk about the practicalities of generosity. But that's our, our promise today. You're going to give more, save more, and consume less. And Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive, didn't he? Now, I don't, let's be honest. How many of you have heard that Bible verse before? It's more blessed to give or in the Old King James Version, it's more blessed to give than to receive, okay? Um, so we, we, we might have heard that before. But if you're really honest, maybe when you're giving someone something, and that, that, that verse, those words of Jesus comes into the back of your mind, and you think, yes, but is it really? Is it really? You know, I'm giving this thing, and I'm loving giving this thing. But actually, let's be honest, sometimes it's nice to receive, isn't it? Let's be honest. Sometimes it's nice to receive, not just to, to give. Um, but Jesus said it's more, well, Paul was quoted Jesus, quoting Jesus' words in Acts chapter 20. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So that's the challenge to us. If we're going to be courageous um, generosity, is it really more blessed to give than to receive? Here's a definition of generosity found in the Oxford English Dictionary. It says, showing a readiness to give more of something especially money, than is strictly necessary or expected. Showing a kindness towards others. And this whole series, um, things, generosity, we know generosity is more than money. It's more than your pounds. Generosity is about our time. It's about how we use our talents to, to be generous towards other people. But on this series, I just want to focus on the aspect of money. Because 25% of the New Testament is talking about either wealth, money, or possessions. So if 25% of that is in the New Testament, then it's got to be quite an important subject for us to address once a year in life of the church. So I want to say a few things. First of all, generosity is not natural. You might think, oh, I disagree, agree, Dave. I would argue that generosity is not natural, and it's something that has to be caught. Now, some people by nature are more generous than others. I think that's a fact. Some people by nature are more generous than others. However, it's not a natural thing because, again, I point to children. Innate in all of us is a, 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 a gravity pull toward being, preserving ourselves and, if you like, being selfish. So, therefore, to be more generous towards other people, to be open-handed, we sometimes have to really make ourselves become generous. Sometimes we feel like, keep on that please, Jude. Sometimes we feel generous, but we don't. So here's a couple of things that I think are true. We don't feel rich. If I asked you, do you feel rich today? I don't think many people put their hands up. But the reality is, you are rich. You may not feel rich, but you are rich when you compare yourself with other parts of the world. Like I said many times, we've got change in our back pockets. We are part of the richest in society. We really are. And then another thing, we feel generous, but we aren't. What I mean by that is, 
When I say, are you generous, you might think back to maybe the last time you saw an appeal or heard an appeal. Maybe on the TV screens, maybe you saw um, some of the famines across the world, and you saw the, the images of, of just the starving children. And you thought, you know, I want to give to that. You remember that, and you think, you think back to that last time that you gave. But that was a random act of generosity, a random act of kindness, and I love them. And I'm all for them. And I do them. Times when we see a need, we respond to it. And you might have seen a need. And the thing about that, those sort of needs, it's they, they inspire you to give. Sometimes people will try and motivate you to give. And let's be honest, sometimes people will try and guilt you to give. And so we give on spontaneous occasions. But I want to argue, you may feel generous because you think back to those times, but are you really, are we really generous. So what are four myths about generosity? They're on the screen here. Four myths from generosity is it's spontaneous. Actually, I would argue that a generous person isn't always spontaneous. A generous person knows what they're doing with their money. A generous person knows what they're doing with their money, where their money's going, above and beyond what they do for themselves. A generous person isn't always driven by the one-off acts of giving. So there's a myth. It's spontaneous. Another myth is determined by cash flow. So some people would say, um, I can't be generous towards any person or people because I can't afford it this week or this month. Well, I would argue that a generous person or people would determine in advance who they're going to give to. So therefore, when they've organized their finances, it's not about suddenly, I haven't got money to give. They've organized it, and they're generous, and they're giving. Here's another myth. Myth is, it's about the amount. Now, for example, you might write a big check or bank transfer to a charity. And you might think, because it's got a few noughts on the end, one, two, even three, that you're being generous. But the reality is, the only person who knows, the only human that knows whether you're being generous, is who? Yourself. Because you know your unique set of circumstances. If you like, you know how much money you've got in the bank to, to afford to write that check or that bank transfer. If in the bank you've got multiple, 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 multiple zeros and you give a cheque for, let's say, £100, maybe it's not that generous. But if you've got only a bit in the bank and you write a cheque for, say, £100, then maybe you are being generous. Do you know what I mean? So it's a myth, it's about the amount. And fourth one I really want to capitalise on is we sometimes think that rich people are generous. So we think about the time then when I'm going to get more money. I'm going to get my next promotion. I'm going to get my next pay increase. And when I get that, I'm going to be more generous because I've got more money in the bank. The reality is generosity is a habit. Generosity is a habit. And rich people are not always generous. There are many rich people that are generous. But rich people, being rich doesn't make a person generous. 
It's all about the habit and the attitude of the heart and how they live their life on a week-by-week, month-by-month, year-by-year basis. And so we can get caught up in a, in a crazy cycle when it comes to generosity. Maybe we want to be generous. I don't know many people in life that don't want to be more generous. But we've got a problem, and I'm going to call it the crazy cycle. Worry. Hands up if you're ever worried about money. Okay. It's a, it's a genuine, and in this day and age, it's massive. It's massive. And I just want to say a caveat right now is if you do have any, any money troubles, there are so many good organizations out there that can help you. Maybe you've got, you're strangled with debt at the moment. There's so many good organizations, such as CAP, Christians Against Poverty. They can help with, the, with any debts that are happening. But money worries, whether in debt, a lot of debt, just keep it up, um, or not, really can be a stranglehold on people. So we, we can worry about things. And worry is a spiritual issue. It's hard in the Bible. Jesus says, don't worry. Don't worry. But when he said that, he knew that people worry. It's part of humanity, whether we're a Christian or not a Christian. We worry about various things. It's a spiritual issue. It's an issue about trust. So when we worry, we can either keep the worry as a big bag on our shoulders, and, or we can say, God, Somehow, in your strength, help me to give you my worries. It's not easy, but it's a spiritual matter. The thing about worry is it can, it can cause us to spend more money. In fact, it can cause us to spend more than what we earn. Maybe we spend more money because we think we're going to get more joy or contentment if we buy the next thing. Or maybe we spend because we're in a loop of, of debt or we're trying to get up our heads above water and we keep spending, spending, spending and ultimately we can spend more than we earn. And that issue is an issue of self-control. But Dave, you, you don't know my circumstances. I know. But spending, we live in a society, what I do know, we live in a society that so easily spends more than what they earn. And what does that lead to? Debt. And debt can be a contentment issue. Debt, if we're in debt and we're just trying to spend to keep our heads above water, you know, it's hard. But sometimes we can spend more than we earn because we want the latest thing, the latest, I don't know, car, TV, and all that sort of stuff. And do you know what? God is not against any of that stuff. God's not against any of that stuff. But the reality is, let's be honest, as soon as we've gone to a garage and we bought a brand new car, um, guess what? About, what's the fact about that car? It's no longer new. And suddenly there's a shinier model, a better model that comes out maybe a, a month later. Oh, if only I'd waited. Debt is about a contentment issue. And then that then can lead to, if we're in debt, it can lead to an issue of having no financial margin. If we're in debt, we've got no breathing space in our finances. We've got no space in our finances for a, a rainy day or, or if suddenly I get an unexpected bill because we're in debt. And then it starts all over again. Debt then leads to more worry issues. And then this, well, this is what I call the, the crazy cycle. It goes on and on and spirals and spirals. 
or can do. And how, how can this help us with the whole issue of generosity? Well, we need to realize that more money does not generate more self-control. It does not generate more discipline. And ultimately, more money does not generate more contentment. Contentment is something that we all would love. We all look for. We all thrive for. We're all on the journey of searching and finding. But the reality is, if we really do some soul searching, we can't find true contentment in our material possessions. No matter how much we might love our our favorite possession, we can't find true, true, lasting happiness and joy in that possession. And here's a key. If we can just remember one thing today, it's this. Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. What do I mean by that? Is if we can understand this, when we get some money that comes our way, as it says there, if it comes to me, it does not mean it's for me. One of the things the Bible teaches in Corinthians, it talks about understanding through money and through finances, what is bread to be eaten and seed to be sown. Bread to be eaten and seed to be sown. And it's easy to make a mistake of thinking, maybe as a Christian, you've had some money come your way. Do you know what? I'm going to give that all away. I'm going to sow that as a seed. But have you asked God about that? Because maybe that money that came your way was actually bread to be eaten, was actually some money to meet your needs. Yeah? But also the other way around, because some money comes your way and you think, well, um, I'm going to consume that, I'm going to spend it. But have you asked God, God, is there any part of this money that you perhaps want me to give away? Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. And we live in this consumer-driven society where you know, we've got the pressure of the advertising, the latest products appear on our TV screen, but not just that, all the, um, the financial organisations make it so easy for us to get it through consumer debt, and, sorry, consumer credit. Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. And Jesus um, told a parable in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 21. And a parable is a, is a, a story with a heavenly meaning, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he told lots of stories, so it's not really true, this didn't really happen, but Jesus was trying to make a point at the end of this story. And Jesus said to this, in, in, you'll find in Luke chapter 12, Jesus talking about the whole thing about riches and worries to do with money, possessions, clothing. And he says this story, he says, and he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Now, in that time, Jesus is talk, not talking about like pounds and pence. Jesus is talking about farming. Farming was the agriculture of the time. And obviously, lots of farming in the, in the, in the, town, in the, in the country of Israel. So he's talking with, with um, harvest in mind and, and farming anecdotes. Certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. That's a lot, not just a small harvest, but he got loads of crops, a bumper crop that year. So 
in our, our language, that's money. What should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Do we see suddenly the thinking of this farmer? I've had a bumper crop. I've no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. So he's thinking logically, isn't he, this farmer? He's thinking, well, I've got a bumper harvest. So my, my barns I've got aren't going to contain all the, all the crop that I've got. So I'm going to tear them down and build bigger so I can store it. But look at, the, look at the word it says there. I will store my surplus grain. That's grain that he doesn't need for now. In fact, he's got so much, it's over and above what he needs for now. And he says this in verse 19. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So we see the thinking of this farmer that Jesus is talking about. He's saying, I've got a bumper crop, I've got surplus, it's over and above. I'm going to store it away for a rainy day. I'm just going to chill, relax, enjoy life. Sounds good, doesn't it? Let's not do him a discredit. I'm sure we all want to enjoy life. Okay. But God said to him, you fool. What? It's a bit harsh, isn't it? You fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? Wow. God's not suddenly striking this farmer down. But the farmer didn't know that the end of his life was about to come. And let's be honest, I'm not trying to be morbid, but none of us know how many years, months, weeks, days we have, do we? We say it time and time again, we've only got the present. The farmer was just doing, acting normally, bumper crop, I'll save it for the future. That night, he was going to pass away in the story. And Jesus says this, this is no longer the parable, this is at the end of the parable. Jesus says this in verse 21, this is how it will be. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Jesus, I don't believe, is saying, don't have nice things. Don't store things up for yourself. Don't have savings. Don't have pension plans. I don't believe Jesus is saying that. But it was the attitude of the man in the story that Jesus was addressing. And he was saying, you had no thought about God. You had no thought about, your thought was about, in your surplus, I'm going to keep it all for myself. In fact, Jesus was addressing the very issue of the man thought everything belonged to him. The man thought everything belonged to him. And what Jesus was saying is at the end of the story, if you can't control where your stuff ends up, you're not the owner. If you can't control where your stuff ends up, you're not the owner. You're just a manager. You're just a steward. And the reality is, we are all stewards. I was having a conversation with Sophia the other day in bed. And I was chatting to her. And, and, um, and I said to her in bed, I said, Look, do you know what? Mummy and Daddy, we don't own anything. What? I don't understand that. We don't own this house. 
We don't own our car. We don't own, in fact, all the stuff in the kitchen, we don't own any of that. What do you mean? I says, well, God owns it. And God has entrusted it for us to look after for a little time. Suddenly the penny dropped for her and she suddenly started to realise, so these dollies at the end of my bed aren't mine. Well, no. They're God's, but you can look after them for a little while, take good care of them. One of the things that I've introduced Leanne to in recent year, couple of years is um, the tip. Who's ever been to the tip? Now, the tip in Leamington is good, but if you like tips, you've got to go to the tip in Coventry. It's huge! And you know what? I don't, when you've got your, your car full of like the junk from your house, you open up your car and then literally when you throw it in, I don't know about you, maybe it's just me being crazy, but I love the feeling. It feels so good. And Leanne, she's cotton onto this. She's actually, she is almost like obsessive. What can we get rid of, Dave? What can we get rid of? I want to get to the tip. And it feels so good. But you know what? Paying a visit to a landfill tip or a landfill site is such a great experience and great to teach children about possessions. When you see in the landfill part, that's going off to, the part that's going off to landfill, and you see dollies and you see toys that can't be recycled. You say, you know, the very thing, once upon a time, that kitchen, toy kitchen, that was brand new and a child enjoyed that. But now it's no longer being used. Maybe there's a, a dolly there with an arm ripped off and the other one hanging off, you know. That once was brand new, but now it's not owned, it's not, not new anymore, it's going to be wasted. The reality is, nothing that we have lasts forever, does it? And everything that we do have, we don't really own. And sometimes we might take the best pride and joy in our favourite possession, but it's only going to get old. A bit like you and me. Only going to get old. Generous people don't assume it's theirs to consume. And that's what Jesus was talking about in the story with this man. He assumed that all this extra surplus of crops was his to consume. He got it wrong. Because he had the mentality that he was the owner when really he was but a steward. So having heard all this, what two things can we go forward today? Because today I'm just doing a bit of teaching on the whole aspect of generosity. And next week, I'm really excited about next week, got to come back next week for part two. I'm looking at the whole challenge of generosity. But what about this? How can you cultivate a generous attitude? Number one, remind yourself you're a steward, not an owner. Now, sometimes we have to remind ourselves. Maybe you've got your favourite in the kitchen, I don't know. Um, Leanne loves coffee and she's got a coffee maker. She loves it. But maybe she needs to remind herself, you know, that's getting old. You might like it. It might break one day. But in the meantime, you're just looking after it temporarily. That's an important principle that we can all learn and all take on board. We are but stewards. And secondly, and I was saying this to Daniel over the breakfast table this morning. We had, uh, he, had he was giving some porridge. And, and, uh, and I don't know, he was, he was getting a little bit sort of, I don't like that, I don't like that. And we've heard that a little bit, a lot recently, I don't like this. And um, Leanne said, well, when we were growing up, we only had like choice of a, 
a couple of cereals, that was it. And these days they want all the fancy ones, the chocolate ones, the ones full of sugar. And we say no. But what I said to him is, do you know what? Gratitude is like a, a piece of clothing. You wear it. And all of his face this morning was not the face of gratitude. It was like... But can we all be like that sometimes? Yeah? We can all forget to be gracious. And the encouragement this morning is to wear the attitude of gratitude. How do you do that? Be thankful for what you've got. Be thankful that if you have got change in your back pockets, you're part of the world's most wealthy populations. There's many people, I said to Daniel, you're about to put some porridge in your stomach, but there's many children that would love to fill their stomach with what you're about to eat. Be thankful. Be thankful for not just the possessions you, you have to steward at the moment, but be thankful for the relationships in your world, in your family, in your friendships. Be thankful for everything. Be thankful for everything. When we're thankful, when we have that attitude of gratitude, it stops us, it's, it's the antidote for the, the attitude of greed that says, it's mine, it's me, it's all about me. Be thankful. Have the attitude of gratitude. And I want to just finish on this just simple thought, and it's a bit of homework. Are we okay for a bit of homework? For this week, can you... Can we, for one week, you might say, I already do this, Dave, but consciously for one week, look at all the possessions that you have and look at them and think, it's not mine. Can you look at the things that you have, the car that you drive, the TV you watch, the computer you use, whatever it is, whatever, can you look at it and think, do you know what, this isn't really mine, I'm just looking after it. And secondly, can you remind yourself every day for the next seven days to wear the attitude of gratitude that says, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for the people I know. I'm thankful. And imagine the shift in our attitude towards generosity that we realize we are but stewards and we can be thankful for what we have. It's a stepping stone in the right direction to be uh, an amazing, amazing army of people who know what it is to truly, truly be generous. Amen. Let's pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.